Welcome to Ministry in Motion, a program where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a full-time pastor or a lay leader in your local church, God wants you to be a great Christian leader. And our topic today is so important, a house of prayer for all people. I'm glad you joined us. And our guest today, Dr. Sabine Vettel from Orlando, Florida. Sabine, so happy to have you here with us. I'm so glad to be here. You have been involved in a house of prayer experience as yeah. part of your pastoral leadership right. for the past five years. Yes. And we want to explore that, but I'd like to start with kind of what happened before you got involved in this amazing experience in Orlando. Where did you discover a passion for prayer and, and a conviction that prayer was a really important part of the, of the community of faith? Well, in the community of faith, I, um, I can go as far back as my grandmother and mom teaching me to kneel at my bedside. And I'm the least likely to be involved in prayer because I was very restless and my attention span was, uh, was all over the place. And I think my first experience was with a community of, of Christians and friends who really loved the Lord. And I think my search for God started way before that. But discovering the power of prayer within a community certainly happened with, uh, with wonderful Christian friends who were let's mentoring talk about, me. Let's talk about grandma and mom. You kind of, you, you mentioned them but passed over them. But I, I think of scriptural references to people like Timothy. Yes. And they talked about the faith that was in his mother and, and his, his grandmother. grandmother. Yes, that's so, it. So how did uh, your mother, your grandmother, how did they mentor you uh, to, to be a, mm -hmm. a person of prayer? You know, they, they, they taught me about uh, Scripture. They gave me the language of Scripture to communicate with this big God. And uh, the words of the, the, the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 23. And then it, it became kind of my own prayer, wanting to know who I was speaking with. And the prayers became more personal. And uh, I really believe prayer for me in my journey is a response to God calling me and, and sensing his, his call in my life at a very, very young age. Now, by describing prayer that way, you apparently moved away from just reciting a written prayer. That's right. To actually speaking with God. And, and speaking with God in, in, in uh, my own language and uh, still using the word, the word of God. But I think the word of God is, is um, sometimes we, f we fish for other words to, to communicate with God. And, and we have the words right there in, in the Bible that helps us. And by just reciting, suddenly it, it became alive inside of me. It was more than just words. And I wanted to know this person with a capital P that I was trying to reach and communicate with. So, um, and my prayers changed too, actually, it was from, you know, Lord, you know, give me uh, longer hair to, uh, <laughs> and my favorite doll to, to something bigger. Lord, give me peace, give peace in my home. Mm. Uh, Lord, bless my mom, help her be happy. It became, I really need to know who this God is. And particularly mm. when my parents divorced when I was at a young age, I, I felt the brokenness of my parents and my own brokenness. Mm. And that just propelled me to a, to a deeper search, you know. At a younger age. Still. So prayer becomes important, and as you have, mm. your career has taken some interesting turns as well, hasn't it? Yeah. You didn't start out as a pastor uh, for discipleship, but tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, I, I, I did start off by going to, um, to nursing school, and uh, I, I, from nursing school, I did um, 
think I would I would write as well too. So so I, I was I had a lot of interests. You see, my mind was everywhere, and I had so <laughs> many interests, and I wanted to do 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 things. And um, so I, I went from that to um, to writing, and uh, and then found myself recognizing a call to to the, towards the pastoral ministry. And, um, you know, it happened it would have, in a fleeting moment, which I can only call the Holy Spirit moment, in which while the, the class was going on, I remember turning to the window and this thought came, if I could do anything with my life, what would it be? And it would be to spend my whole life um, sharing the gospel. That was a fleeting thought that I thought back, actually, 10 years later at my first pastorate as I was about to stand in front of a, a student body, you know, my very first job, you know, as a, as a pastor for students. And I remember that moment in that classroom and saying, Lord, you're with me. And my, my nervousness just left because I felt I was following his call. You went on from that experience to actually train to be a hospital chaplain? I, I was a child. Yes, I did. And that was an amazing experience, quite related to prayer yes. in a setting where you meet people where they are. And that was a tremendous experience as well. Yes. And I'm seeing a theme in all of these, and that is very much of a caring profession. Yes. And you were, were a Christian nurse. Yes. You were um, a Christian chaplain. Indeed. And, and now you're in a pastoral setting as a discipleship pastor mm -hmm. in a large and, and, and vibrant church. And, and you do many things, I know. You, you motivate yeah. and equip volunteers. But, but we're going to talk in, in the program today about uh, a house of prayer because that is something that has blessed so many lives. Yes. I, I want to ask you a question before our break uh, about why houses of prayer aren't happening everywhere. What is it about people that, that we resist prayer? We resist that which we really need the most, which is a living connection with God. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, I think we live in an in a atmosphere that's rather fast-paced. And, and prayer requires us to pause and to slow down and, and be rather helpless and not always performing and doing something. So I think there's something in this, this time that we live in that's focused on performance and uh, speed. And prayer works best when you pause. Okay, so that's one perhaps uh, challenge is yes. a willingness to slow down. Sure. What else? What's, what holds people back? Uh, uh, some churches are closed midweek. There's no prayer at all. Right. Uh, what, what's going on? And, you know, there's also the, uh, I, I, I'm guess my gut feeling, I mean, it's such an intangible thing. It, it probably doesn't feel like you're doing much. When there's so much to be, to be done, you know, you, perhaps the instinct is not to be on your knees somewhere, but, oh, I need to get up and get this done. So I, I think maybe there's a fear of, of being left behind somehow. But I think it's, it's, it's the intangibility of prayer and not quite knowing what it's supposed to look like or do. I'm guessing. So maybe even in ministry, we could mm -hmm. fall into the trap of saying, I should be doing something yeah. more important. Yeah, it's more important, right? I don't know. I look at the life of Jesus, and he, he oh. devoted himself to prayer, didn't he? He did. He did. We're going to talk after the break how you learned some lessons as you entered into this prayer revival mm -hmm. and, and, and opening the church to be a house of prayer for all people. If you'd like to see... A prayer revival in your church, uh, I know Sabine will say you can't create a revival. Only the Holy Spirit does that. But how do we join with the Holy Spirit so that our church can be a house of prayer for all people? I want to challenge you with this thought. It will not only bless the community, it will bless your life and ministry. 
Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, a house of prayer for all people. Our guest, Dr. Sabine Vettel. Sabine, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We've talked about how prayer became important to you in your life, mentoring through your grandmother, your mother, yes. about some of your experiences with prayer and your, your desire to, uh, to care for people. Yes. I, I want to move in this segment to something that I think will be of great interest to pastors and lay leaders around the world. Sure. And that is what God has done through you I know you didn't do it, and right. you'd be the first to say that. Right, right. But God has done something remarkable through you at Forest Lake Church in Orlando, Florida, which you call the House of Prayer Experience. Yes. It's um, Wednesday evening. It is, yeah. Tell us Midweek. a little bit about when it happens. Uh, I, I see the parking lot. I've been there. was there just recently. Yes. The parking lot was full, and some places the lights are out, and the parking lot's empty. Yes. So uh, tell us... What are some of the uh, ingredients, ingredients of this House of Prayer experience yeah. that's really connecting with the community? Certainly, you know, um, House of Prayer experience, you said experience, and I really wanted to say experience. It spells hope, and it could have been everybody, the E, everyone, but it, we, we have a tendency I, to speak about prayer and to have all theories of prayer, but to experience it and to be in that, in that presence of God. And I think what we seek to do is um, experience the presence of God. And is a, uh, we default on prayer above all else. And it's about people, the relationship that we form there. And uh, you ask about the ingredients that make House of Prayer. Because I try to find out, because oftentimes it seemed like it was the same service, but people left saying, well, wow, that was special. Every service is so different. But we didn't do that many different things. But people had a sense of it being dynamic. So let's so, imagine that I'm that walking there. in. Kind You're of walking walk in, in yes. and, and it's at 7 o'clock. It's at 7 o'clock on one. It's a midweek and prayer. And you always talk about it as a house of prayer for all people. For all people. And I learned that from a, from a mentor. You might have heard of him, uh, Dr. Derek Morris. <laughs> he taught me that refrain. And it's, it's embedded in the DNA of the people who come that we are open, we don't use a language that exclude other people. We have people of different denomination who join us. So we make a point to make it a very welcoming space. If you come in, you'll have um, most likely somebody greeting you. Often it's me, you know, trying to, to meet particularly the new people and the people who've come before, because uh, uh, I think it's important for them to, to meet the facilitator, you know. And then uh, we begin with uh, praise, whether it be through songs or through uh, a word of praise. We enter God's presence with a spirit of thanksgiving and praise. And uh, I think we move very quickly to praying for one another, thanking God for one another's presence. Can I hold yeah. us on praise sure. for a moment? Because sure. I think that's very important. Sure. Sometimes people view prayer meeting, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the old title, prayer meeting, yeah. as a kind of depressing. Yeah. People just come and they talk about all of their problems. <laughs> in, in fact, they don't pray much. They just make prayer requests. Right. And they don't get much praying done. Right. But, but the scripture does talk about entering into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Yes. And uh, I, I want to talk about that for a moment. Mm -hmm. George Mueller, the, the great man of prayer, he was asked, how long do you praise God when you mm -hmm. come into prayer? Yeah. He said, I praise Him until my heart is glad. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, uh, good. so is it 30 seconds or five minutes? How, how much time typically 
do you spend mm -hmm. and, and, and how does that happen? You know, it, it, it takes various forms. It, we focus on what God has done, if we want to talk in terms of movement. What God has done, what God is doing, what He will do. So the hope in what He has done, it can start with, it, it can it actually lasts about 15, 20 minutes. We limit the, uh, the testimonies. You know, if, if we have a microphone, we'd say 30-second praise is usually the word I use. We, but we all know it's not going to last 30 seconds, but it, it, it creates a, in the people's mind that, okay, this is going to be brief. We're not going to go all the way to my childhood up to now, but right. it's going to be brief and present. What happened in your life during that week? And I, I, I try to model that. You know, so, so there may be some see. testimonies. There may be some testimonies. Oh, that's then what you, you're leading. The testimonies. You sing a song? We sing a song. We may uh, say, well, how has God uh, blessed you? We may use the, the acronym, you know, B-L-E-S-S. -S. I learned that from uh, Alvin Vendergren. You know, body, labor, uh, emotional, spiritual, um, salvif um, and, and uh, salvific uh, themes. Blessed is an acronym. In which area of your life has God blessed you? Okay. And that, that helps the, the, the conversation, the sharing. Sounds very interactive. Yeah, yeah. It's very interactive, absolutely. And um, we may uh, pray, prayer of praise. That's very important. We don't go into request yet, but we focus on praising God for His goodness. Uh, it could be exercises as um, offering Him a bouquet. And each person, some people have called it popcorn prayer, but each person sort of said, Lord, I'm thankful for, as a facilitator, I can start it off. Somebody will say your grace, my family. I mean, all these different uh, word prayer just rise up as a bouquet of appreciation for our God. Um, so that can last for a good while and it sets in motion this idea that, you know, he is God and I'm not and he's worthy of praise. And it sets the tone for the evening, whatever the theme may, may be. Now, if you've got a large group, let's say there's 100, 150 yeah. people, yeah. do you ever break up into small groups, like groups of two or three, or is it always the you know, whole group praying together? We do do a lot of small groups, whether by two, by three, and we um, give them instructions, of course. You know, and some people, and, and that's the awkward part. I'm very sensitive to those who come for the first time. It could be scary to pray for someone. So I tell them, you know, to say, thank you, Lord, for Derek being here. Is that a prayer? Yes, it is. That can be a prayer as well. So there's a sigh of relief when people feel and know they it don't have, have to, to be come up with it. Yeah, really complicated. No. And, and last time, last week, we used the scripture. We opened up the scripture to Psalm 20. And, and uh, I guided them to praying this prayer to one another and read the scripture and insert the person's name. So you give people script so they don't come there sort of awkward and, f and freeze. And I tell people also that I vouch for people who come and say, they're not too scary and it's safe to turn behind you <laughs> and beside you and talk to people beside you. So there's no awkward moments. It sounds like you're mentoring them just like grandma was mentoring you and your mom and, yeah. and friends along the way that, sure. that, that you're not expecting a lot from them perhaps, mm -hmm. but you're helping them on that prayer journey. That's right. And I love what you said about the mentoring them because it's exactly it. And we have we have said that to each other. You're being empowered to pray for another person, you know, by doing that. And I think that's when I realized, when after a year of doing this, when Ruth came up to me and said, you know, I was going to call a pastor or a chaplain to come, and it dawned on me, my prayer is good enough. And, I, and that dawned on me that this is what, she got it. She's being empowered to pray for another and to minister to another person. Yeah. There are some other ingredients in the House of Prayer experience besides praise and, and prayer. 
and those are vitally important. We're going to talk about those after the break because we'll discover that the Word of God has an important part, but also reaching out because it becomes a house of prayer for all people. You'll hear some exciting experiences, something that could challenge you to do something different in the ministry to your community. Stay with us. We'll be right back for more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is an exciting one, House of Prayer for All People. Our guest, Dr. Sabine Vettel. Sabine, we've been learning about some important ingredients in this House of Prayer experience. Mm -hmm. And this is not just theory. You've been doing this now for five years. Yes. And God has really brought a prayer revival there in Orlando that's just so exciting. We yes. talked about praise mm -hmm. and about prayer, not just yes. talking about prayer, but actually praying. Yes. And you, you were sharing that something about how to make prayer... Um, how to make it, um, you know, if you want to, to, to evaluate whether your prayer meeting is, is, is fit or healthy. Yes. And it is an acronym that I, that I sort of use, you know. Okay. F-I-T. I like acronyms. But, yes. But, you know, F is flexible in a sense that it's not a rigid uh, program, but it's an outline that leaves room for spirit to move. If somebody comes in with, a, with a, an ailment or um, they just lost someone, we just had that last week, you know, they, they lost their marriage, they, was, they were in distress. You know, we don't say, well, come next week. I mean, we're going to We're going to do something right about now. that next That's week. Right. No, I have okay. a program in mind, so, so you can't <laughs> disturb it with your prayer, your crises. Now, we go with the flow of how the Spirit leads us to pray. So, so being flexible. Right. I is, is uh, interactive. So people don't sit there immobile as you speak up front, but they're part in th of that prayer. I've learned that from um, Ruthie Jacobson and I, also from you, this idea of involving people and calling them forward to pray for a request that the perhaps they're very acquainted with. And we have people come in who had a diagnosis of breast cancer. And it could relate survivors and spouses. Oh, they surrounded this, this, this young this woman. It's so powerful. And it's a powerful. It? And this stranger comes in, brought by a friend and not knowing anyone. And to see these strangers embracing her and praying for her, for this diagnosis and this crisis in her family, she and her husband were overwhelmed to see these Christians Beautiful. lifting them up. So you have FIT. And T is for tangible, because I remember I, I mentioning the intangibility of prayer. But when you make it tangible, we, one of the things we do is the use of, of prayer quilts uh, that the women's ministry at the church produces. Beautiful quilts. I mean, real big size prayer quilts that they do as a ministry. Prayer and square. Talk to us about those quilts, because I know several thousand have been given away. Yes. yes. They're, they're beautiful quilts. Uh, but people come to the house of prayer. Yes. Talk to me about that. Maybe share an about example because I've been there at times when there's been a whole row yes, of yes. grandmas and grandpas uh -huh. and uncles and aunts yes. because someone in the family is going through a challenge. That's right. How do they get there? How do they know it's a house of prayer for all people? You know, we don't advertise outside of our church. How they know is that church members have an opportunity to reach out to their friends, their neighbors, because they feel safe, so they'll feel safe to bring their friends there. And that's a whole other topic to how to make a, 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 a space safe in terms of house of prayer. But it's by word of mouth. One lady actually, Etsy mentioned to me that the first time she came to house of prayer, I didn't know this, uh, she saw the sign outside and she walked in and never left. 
you know, she's part of our of our singing. She comes group. every time. She was ministered to. But in regards to the quilt, now I'm quick to say there's nothing magical about the quilt. There's nothing, but it's simply a um, a tangible uh, something they can touch representation of the covering of panoply of God of the prayer of the people. And there are little strands yes. on there, right? Mm -hmm. Tell the, us how when you present, let's, let's say I, I'm thinking of a situation sure. where there was a little boy diagnosed with leukemia one yes, time when I was there. there. Was, and there the was. whole family came, maybe the first time in church. That's right. And, and you take that quilt mm -hmm. and... And what do people do yeah. come up? That little boy, 10 years old, and, and I can see him right now because I, I think in the last days of his life, I think he, maybe a year later, to go and spend time with the family until mm -hmm. he, you know, he drew his last breath. That, that connection happened because of that quilt and the people who surrounded him. 10 years old, and he was wrapped up with this quilt. And generally, I mean, I don't sew that much, but apparently you're supposed to clip the little strands. But instead of clipping them, they leave the strands out and this is an opportunity for us to tie a knot. So when the person has a quilt on their bed, you know, they're laying there, they can feel with their hands the knots. And each knot is a reminder, wow, people of God have prayed for me. Someone's praying. Yeah, so as they tie, they, they say a prayer for that person and they visualize that action and it brings them so much hope to see that. Yeah. Why is it important to, to um, allow people to come to the church who've never been there before? Um, you could send it to them, right? UPS oh, wow. or... What's well, going on there? I, I want people to uh, watching to understand th there's an incredible dynamic that happens. There is. Happens, and, and you know, it's interesting you should, you should mention that because I, I have my iPad here and I couldn't believe it, but this uh, one of our members sent us a, a letter. Now, this young lady had no um, religious background per se, maybe some, but she studied herself and to the church and decided to find a church and found ours and walked into the house of prayer and she had just you become want to share baptized. A something. It, it's rather long but the way she she starts is is she says she sent me a, a prayer she written and she said this prayer was the result of asking myself why I feel such a pull towards house of prayer and realize it is a prayer that takes place when we, when we are all together and how meaningful it is for us and for those we pray for mm. and she goes on to say we can't pray for somebody else without feeling connected to the other person. Mm. This is a person you would call a baby Christian. I didn't ask it her this letter. sounds like a yeah, she just mature follower of she is, God. Yeah, because she was moved by something that happened in that house of prayer. And she's trying to express to me her appreciation of that ministry and of the church, but particularly that ministry of house of prayer experience. Now, someone may be watching uh, Ministry Motion today and, yeah. and saying, how can I... Uh, can I kind of look over your shoulder and see what's happening there for us Lake Church? Is, is there a website? Is well, there an email a, address? Yeah, can, there's no video learn? of it, as he, at least uh, as of now, but there's no video of it. But they can look at houseofprayerexperience.com. It's a rather long name, but houseofprayerexperience.com. And there they could find some resources and, and stories and maybe clips, you know, short videos of people's testimony or, or experience or people praying. So that's the way for leaders to find some tools. Is there a place they can click content, contact yeah. and connect with you? Certainly. So yeah. if, if they have a question. Yeah, they can. Wouldn't they it be amazing to, to see every community have a house of prayer open for all people? As a matter of fact, <laughs> it would be wonderful. And I, I get received calls from people from all over North America and one recently actually, um, I think in the, in the Maryland, the East area, and they have begun their own house of prayer and he said can we call it that you know I said, absolutely absolutely doesn't that come from the bible i think yeah, I, jesus I says my house shall be called the house of prayer that's what i thought so dr vatel so thanks for being with us today and maybe you've been challenged by listening to the program and 
watching something happen even in Sabine's heart as she shares about this House of Prayer experience. You can watch this program again or share it with friends. You can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv. We'd love to hear some feedback from you if you're experiencing a prayer revival in your community. Thanks again for joining us, Dr. Vitell. Thank you for being with us. It's our prayer that God would bless you in supernatural ways and through you be a blessing to those around you. Mm -hmm.